Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast, coming to you as I do every Tuesday to break down the week that was in the NFL. And folks, I really hope you tuned in to my last podcast. I gave out 15 picks and they went 12-3 and three against the spread. I thought I had a good week last week going 10-5, and 12-3 and three this week, huge numbers. You can go onto one of these websites that makes you pay for their picks and not get picks like that. I'm giving them to you for free on my podcast, so keep tuning in, guys, because I am on a heater. Just four games wrong overall. I did miss the Thursday game on last week's Tuesday podcast, so 12-4 and four against the spread on the week. By far my best week. No Thursday game this week, so we're going to close out the podcast talking about each team's playoff chances in the NFL. We're going to break down every team in the playoff race and tell you what they need to do to improve their seating or to make the playoffs. As I do every week, we're going to start with a very short list of where I got it wrong. As I say every week, you cannot win them all, but man, did I come close this week. As I said, 12-4 and four against the spread. I started out the week with a loser. The 49ers minus 3.5 on Thursday night was a loser, and they dominated the first half of this game. Really should have been up 17 to nothing, if not for an awful Jimmy Garoppolo interception in the end zone in the first half of that one. Then he followed that up with an interception to start the second half, put the Titans right back in that game. This banged-up secondary of the 49ers could not contain A.J. Brown. The Titans getting a much-needed win there, pretty much cementing their AFC South title. I gave out the Falcons minus five and a half, and I've really got to stop betting against Dan Campbell because he is always going to have his guys ready to play hard no matter who is out. They had no Jared Goff, no TJ Hawkinson, no DeAndre Swift. It didn't matter. They still get the cover there and hung with the Falcons the whole way. Had a chance to win the game at the end, but this Falcons team really should have covered. I have no idea why the Lions kicked a field goal. They're down by seven, just under three minutes left in the game. Uh, They have a fourth down, and they decide to kick a field goal instead of going for the touchdown to tie the game. You have to go for the touchdown there. And I'm granted, I'm speaking this way because, yes, it bit me hard. This was the only loser that Josh and I had in our five-team parlay, so this would have gone a long way to helping us out. But even so, even if I wasn't on this side, that was not the right play. That, as I said, the Falcons really should have covered. I gave out the Giants plus 10, and this might be the worst team in the NFL. However, it was 3-3 three to three at the half. It's really looking like it was going to play out like that first Giants-Eagles game did, and then a Jake Fromm interception on the first possession of the second half, followed by two straight three and outs, a long punt return, setting the Eagles up with great field position. All of a sudden, they score 17 straight points, and the cover is just completely gone. The Eagles never look back after that. My last loser of the week was Chargers minus 10, and who really could have predicted this? I just said that the Giants might be the worst team in the league. This Houston team definitely has the worst roster in the league. A bunch of guys on top of that out due to COVID, and no Brandon Cooks, who is really the only marketable skill player on this team. Davis Mills looks like he might be an actual decent NFL quarterback. This Chargers run defense, however, this might be the the biggest weakness on any team contending for the playoffs. They got run all over by Rex Burkhead. Nobody could have saw this coming, though. Chargers minus 10. Like, if you're looking at that, you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to blow out the Texans. But this run defense, man, they it just they could get beat by anybody. If if you can run the ball, you can beat the Los Angeles Chargers. But that is going to do it for my losers. A, a sweetly short list this week. Let's move on to a much happier and much longer list of where I got it right. Yay! 
12 winners to get to this week. We started out with a bang on Saturday, hitting both of those games, starting with the Browns plus 7.5. And And the Browns really should have won this game outright, even though the eye test and every statistic says otherwise. Baker Mayfield throwing four interceptions, getting sacked five times. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers didn't throw an interception, didn't get sacked. Green Bay ran the ball for five yards per carry. Every statistic says that Green Bay should have run away with this game. Baker Mayfield played awful. However, the Browns absolutely dominated time of possession in the second half. They kept Aaron Rodgers off of the field. The Packers got an early field goal in the second half, and that was it for them. They did not score again, did not come close to scoring again. The Browns got it going on the ground, 8.7 yards per carry, had the ball down by two, and Baker Mayfield throwing another interception to close that game out. However, it really looked like there was a defensive holding penalty there that would have set the Browns up in field goal range to win that game. A crushing blow for them. However, we're going to talk about how they still have a very legitimate path to making the playoffs. I gave up the Colts plus one, and that was before I knew that their entire offensive line was going to be out. It did not matter. Darius Leonard was also out in this game. It did not matter. And this is the second straight year that Kyler Murray has started hot and just really looked terrible down the stretch. He did not look great in this game at all. A roller coaster ride for Carson Wentz in this game, making some questionable decisions, having some horrible throws, and then a laser beam touchdown pass to close this one out. The Colts, however, are not going to have Carson Wentz next week. That news just coming out before I started recording. He is going to be out with COVID, and that is going to be very damaging to their playoff chances, which looked robust before the week started, but now with Wentz out, a loss to the Raiders would be crippling to their playoff chances. I gave out Cincy minus 7.5, and and I tweeted this pick out with the news that Lamar Jackson was going to be out. I initially liked the Ravens plus 3 with Lamar Jackson in. You can check my receipts. Go check my Twitter account. I did change the pick as soon as the news that he was going to be out came in. Uh, Josh Johnson, a quarterback, did a decent enough job filling in, but the Bengals were just throwing all over the Ravens, throwing until the end of this game. At one point, they had, I think, 17 or 18 straight throws, even though they're winning the game by like 24 points. Joe Burrow throwing for over over 500 yards in this one. It really looked like Cincinnati just wanted to take some frustration out on the Ravens after over a decade of just getting beaten over and over again by them. They got their revenge on the Ravens this week. I gave out the Rams minus three, and both quarterbacks were really disappointing in this one. Matt Stafford with an outside shot at the MVP. That looks like it's completely dead. He threw three interceptions in this game. Kirk Cousins on the other side just could not convert a third down. Luckily for the Rams, they were able to move the ball on the ground with Sony Michelle. They also got a punt return touchdown, and I wanted to touch on this for a little bit. That was the worst punt coverage I have ever seen on a punt, and I used to be a punter in middle school, so I've seen some bad punt coverage. Every player on the Vikings ran straight up the hash marks here. Nobody fanned out, and the punt returner for the Rams just hit the sideline. He was gone. It was Nobody ever had a chance to make the tackle except for the punter, and that was really the difference in this game. The Vikings' playoff chances are on life support. I gave out the Cowboys minus 10 and a half, and this game was over immediately. The Cowboys finally had that perfect game. The defense and offense both played fantastic for the first time. The capabilities have been there. We've seen games where the offense has played great and the defense hasn't held up their end of the bargain and vice versa. This game, they got it going on both sides. Trevon Diggs may break the all-time interception record and win the Defensive Player of the Year, and he's probably the third best player on this defense when you're talking about D-Law and Micah Parsons over there for the Cowboys. I, I Call me a homer. I am in love with this defense. I really like the prospects of this team moving forward.
I also gave out the Bills plus two, and the Bills are just the better team. A bad game from Mac Jones in this one. The run game kept the Patriots in it. However, Josh Allen with a laser beam pass to Isaiah McKenzie on a third and ten to put this game on ice. A huge game from McKenzie out of the slot. Like I said, that huge third down catch to ice the game. This Bills team is looking like one of the AFC favorites like they were supposed to be at the beginning of the year. It looks like they are going to be the AFC East champions and have a home game to start out the playoffs. I gave out the Jets plus one, and this was a bad game between two bad teams, particularly at the end of this game. The Jaguars are driving for the chance to win the game. It's a third down. They get tackled at the one-yard line. Uh, They're rushing up to the line on a third down. There's about 12 seconds left on the clock, and Trevor Lawrence spikes the ball. It's like there's 12 seconds left. Why not just take a shot to the end zone? Wasting the down is just profoundly stupid, but that is why they're the Jaguars, and honestly, they probably didn't even really want to win the game anyway. They're hoping to get a higher draft pick. Looks like the Jags will be the number one pick again in next year's NFL draft. I gave out the Raiders minus one and Drew Locke just as I thought was absolutely pitiful. The Broncos couldn't run the ball either and the Raiders got a big game from Jacobs and Derek Carr still barely won this game through an interception straight to Bradley Chubb right before the half. Just a horrendous duck that he floated out there. The Broncos offense could do absolutely nothing. Later on, Carr fumbled and the Broncos missed a field goal and they could have potentially lost that game if the Broncos made that field goal. The Raiders had no business being close in this game. Derek Carr, I I don't know what he was doing in this game. They got lucky to win that one and they're going to get lucky again next week. The Raiders might have an outside chance to make the playoffs with Carson Wentz out next week. The Raiders taking on the Colts. That's going to be an interesting game. I gave out the Bucks minus 10, and what is better than betting against Cam Newton? It's betting against a quarterback by committee of Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, a quarterback by Koshitty, as I said on Twitter earlier on in the week. This Bucks offense didn't have the best game, but they didn't have to. You're going up against Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. Both of them are terrible quarterbacks, and now you get to play against both of them. They just pick one quarterback by committee does not work. Just pick a guy. I don't understand why they're still trotting Cam Newton out there. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I gave out the Chiefs minus seven and a half, and this made this line just made no sense to me. No Kelsey, sure, but did Vegas forget that the Chiefs D-line is fantastic and that the Steelers offensive line is absolutely atrocious? Not to mention they have the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger back there. This was a huge mismatch. This game was never close. Chiefs minus 7.5 was the right side the whole way. Finally, I gave up the Bears plus 6.5. And and as I said when I broke this game down, Russell Wilson just is not the same player. He got a huge game from Rashad Penny in this one. It did not help. The snow was, of course, a factor, but Nick Foles outplayed Russell Wilson in what probably has to be the worst matchup of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And I also did give out of the Monday Night Football game the Dolphins over the Saints, and you're betting against Ian Book. I mean, God bless him. He's a sixth-round rookie. He never had a chance in this game. The Saints were also missing a bunch of guys due to COVID. I don't want to speak too ill of this team, but it did not look like the same team that shut down Tom Brady last Sunday night. Uh, The Dolphins getting a huge win and really helping out their playoff chances. That is going to do it. As I said, a very long list. 12 winners this week. We'll hope to improve on, well, kind of hard to improve on that. We'll hope to equal or come close to that with my picks next week. But that is going to do it for the games. We're going to take a quick break, and I've got something fun lined up with no Thursday game this week. We're going to break down every team in the NFL playoff race and tell you what they need to do to improve their seating or to make the playoffs.
Just two weeks left to go in the NFL regular season. It is the perfect time to start thinking about the playoffs, what the matchups could look like, who's going to be involved. We're going to start at the top, and we're going to start in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are sitting at 11-4. and They have clinched the AFC West, and if they win out, they will be the number one seed. They have games at the Bengals and at the Broncos to wrap up. They need to win both these games because they lose the tiebreaker to the Titans if they were to drop a game and the Titans were to win out. And if they lose this game to the Bengals, they could potentially fall behind the Bengals as well. So this is a big game for the Chiefs. Really need to win that game against the Bengals if they want this number one seed. The number two seed is the Tennessee Titans. They can clinch the division with a win or a loss by the Colts in one of the last two weeks. As I said, they can be the one seed if they get two wins and the Chiefs suffer a loss. This win versus the 49ers took them from fighting for their playoff lives. They'd be playing the Dolphins next week. If they had lost that game to the 49ers. That game with the Dolphins would probably be for a playoff spot. Now they're sitting at possibly being the number one seed, so a huge win on Thursday by the Titans. The Bengals are sitting in the third slot. They are 9-6 and six and virtually clinched the division with a win in one of their last two games, but they have two tough games to close out. The first one is against the Chiefs, who, as I said, need to win that game to get the number one seed, and then they wrap up the season against the Browns, who could potentially be playing for the division. The Browns have a win in hand over the Bengals. Now, the Bengals will have a better divisional record than pretty much everybody at the end of this, even if they were to lose to the Browns. However, if there is a three-way tie, it goes. It doesn't just go by divisional record, which I thought it did. I was thinking, oh, if the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns end up in a three-way tie for the division, the Bengals will get in based on their divisional record. That is not true. If there is a three-way tie for a division in the NFL, the first tiebreaker is just the games involving the teams involved in the tie. So the Bengals' sweep of the Pittsburgh Steelers would not count towards the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker in that scenario would go to the Cleveland Browns. So the Bengals really need to win one of these last two games if they're going to win the AFC North. Sitting in the four seed are the Buffalo Bills, and they can clinch the division with two wins, and they have two easy games to wrap up the season, the Falcons and the Jets to close out. The season has been wacky for them, so you never know. They lost the game to the Jaguars earlier on, so they could easily not easily, but they could potentially lose one of these two games. I don't see it happening. Uh, they're projected to have a 90% chance uh, to win the division. I pretty much see that happening. The Colts are sitting in the five seed, and they are sitting at nine and six, and they're virtually locked into the five seed with a win, which was w- looking like a probability before the news that Carson Wentz has contracted COVID. He's going to miss the game against the Raiders. And if they lose this game, they are in serious trouble because they would be sitting there losing the tiebreaker to the Raiders with this loss. They would lose the tiebreaker to the Ravens as well. However, they have a 7-3 and conference record. So in the event of a three-way tie, that would help them out. They also wrap up the season against the Jaguars. So a loss to the Raiders would hurt their playoff chances, but they'd still have a chance to sneak in with a victory against the Jags in week 18 and some help. The Patriots are sitting in the number six seed and they are nine and six after that loss to the Bills. Absolutely devastating to their division chances. As I said, the Bills a 90% chance to win, so that tells you that the Patriots have a 10% chance to win the division. Had they won against the Bills, they would have clinched the division. They're still almost a lock to make the playoffs. They just have to beat the lowly Jaguars. That pretty much locks them in. Uh, They have a game against the Dolphins that trip to Miami has been problematic for the Patriots late in the season in the past we'll see if it comes back and bites them again but as I said a win against the Jaguars should put them in 
to the playoffs. The Dolphins are sitting in the seventh seed right now after their huge win on Monday Night Football, and they control their own destiny, but they close the season out with two tough games against the Titans, who look revitalized with A.J. Brown back in the lineup, and they close out with a home game against the Patriots. They could lose both of these games and drop out of it, and that would open the door for one of these other teams behind them. But as of now, the Dolphins do control their own destiny. The Ravens are sitting in the 8th spot right now and can still win the AFC North if they win their last two games and have the Bengals lose their last two. As I said, the Bengals do have two tough games, so that's still a possibility for the Ravens to win the division. They can also grab a wild card spot with wins in their last two games and a loss by the Dolphins or a Patriots loss to the Jaguars next week because that would mean the Patriots and Dolphins playing each other. One of them would have to lose next week as well. So that would mean the Ravens would be in uh, regardless of what happens with the Dolphins' other game because obviously the Dolphins or Patriots would have to lose, opening the door for the Ravens to jump up into one of those wild card spots. The Chargers are sitting in the nine spots, and they're sitting behind two teams, but unlike the other two teams ahead of them, the Chargers should be favored in their last two games. As I said, the Ravens are going to be underdogs against the Rams. The Dolphins are going to be underdogs against the Titans and probably against the Patriots too. However, this Chargers team lost to the Broncos earlier on in the season and just lost to the lowly Houston Texans, and the Broncos run the ball well, so you could easily see them get carved up on the ground again. You can never assume a win by this Chargers. Chargers team. They proved that last week, but if they win their last two, as I said, the teams ahead of them have tough games remaining. So two wins by the Chargers, and they are likely in the playoffs. The sitting in the number 10 spot are the Las Vegas Raiders, and man, this team just will not die. They're like Michael Myers, and they are a huge dark horse to make the playoffs here in the AFC. A huge game versus the Red Hot Colts. A win would give them head-to-head wins over the Ravens, Dolphins, and Colts, three of the teams ahead of them. So they would win tiebreakers against any of those teams. However, now Carson Wentz out for this game is a huge blow to the Colts. So the Raiders have to like their chances a lot better. The line moving, it was Raiders a seven and a half point underdog. They are now just going to be a five point underdog with Sam Ellinger playing quarterback for the Colts. The Raiders have to feel like they have a chance to come up and grab a wild card spot here. The Steelers are sitting in the 11th spot in the AFC. They are seven, seven, and one, and they need to win out playing the Browns and the Ravens and have the Bengals lose to the Chiefs and Browns. That would open the door for them to win the division. They're still an outside shot for them to get a wild card, but they would just need so many things to happen. The Steelers, really, their only realistic shot is to win the division. And for that to happen, as I said, they would have to win out and they would have to have the Bengals lose out. Finally, the Browns are sitting at 7-8, and eight, and they would need the Ravens to lose one of their last two games and then have the Browns win their last two and have the Chiefs beat the Bengals. So basically, the Browns play the Bengals in the final week of the season. So if they are able to take care of business against the Steelers next week, the Rams beat the Ravens and the Chiefs beat the Bengals, that would mean that Browns versus Bengals would be for the AFC North title. And I called that happening uh, weeks ago. It's pinned to my Twitter profile right now. I like to read the tea leaves and look into the future like that. I think that the Browns and Bengals are going to be playing for the AFC North title. And I think the Browns are actually going to win that game, believe it or not. Finally, the Broncos are sitting at 7-8 and and mathematically still alive, but really don't have a realistic shot to make the playoffs in the AFC. And that is going to do it. For the playoff teams in the AFC, we're going to take a quick break and come back and break down the NFC. 
Just quickly before we move on to the NFC, I wanted to touch on a potential Week 18 matchup that could be for a playoff spot. We talked about the Browns and Bengals possibly playing for the AFC North title. There is also a scenario which could see the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Los Angeles Chargers for the last wildcard spot in the AFC. A number of things would have to happen, starting with both teams winning this week, uh, the Raiders taking on the Colts. As I said, Sam Ellinger now starting for quarterback for the Colts, so that may actually happen. The Chargers would have to take care of business against the Broncos, a team that absolutely crushed them just a few weeks ago. They would also have to have the Ravens and Dolphins lose games as well, but it could set up for two games here. It'll be Browns and Bengals for the AFC North, and you could potentially have Las Vegas versus Los Angeles for the final wildcard spot. So the AFC should be fun down the stretch. Let's move on to the NFC. Welcome back. We move on to the playoff picture in the NFC, starting at the top with the Packers sitting at 12-3. and They have clinched their division, and they need to win out to clinch the number one seed. They have a home game against the Vikings before finishing up with the Lions. Should the Packers drop a game, however, the Cowboys sitting right behind them at 11-4 and have a better conference record and would have the tiebreaker over the Packers. Uh, the Cowboys, as I said, sitting in that number two spot at 11-4. and and to get the, they've already clinched their division as well. And to get the number one seed, they need to win out and have Green Bay lose one of their final two games. That would mean Dallas would be the one seed. They could finish anywhere between one and four. They wrap up with the Cardinals at home, and then they are away against the Eagles. Sitting in the number three slot are the Los Angeles Rams, sitting at 11-4. and four. Uh, They need to win out to clinch the NFC West. Uh, they can clinch the one seed with two wins, one loss by Dallas, and two losses by Green Bay. But as I said, Green Bay closes with the Detroit Lions in Week 18. The Rams could finish anywhere from the one seed to the five seed. But as I said, that one seed, not likely. Uh, th- their main focus is winning out and winning the division. The Cardinals can still come up and take the division from them just sitting one game back. The Bucks are sitting at 11-4, and four, and they have clinched their division as well, and they would need a ton of help to get the one seed. They lose tiebreakers to everybody, four conference losses doing them in there. The only tiebreaker that they would have would be over Dallas, and that's only if it's a one-way tie. If it's a three-way tie, it goes to conference record, which would go to Dallas. So the Bucks pretty much looking at probably being a three or four seed here. The Cardinals are sitting at 10 and five, and they are sitting in the five spot. They have clinched a playoff spot. They need to win out and have the Rams lose one of their final two, and they will be the NFC West champions. They close out the season at Dallas and then home for Seattle. And the Rams have two losable games on their schedule, so this could realistically happen. You could still see the Cardinals come back and win this division. The 49ers sitting at 8-7. and seven. They have home games a home game against Houston, and then they finish up the season against the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. If the Rams clinch the division and can't get the one seed and have no possibility of getting the one seed, which is possible after this week, this last game could be easier for the 49ers. However, if the Rams need this game, the Niners could be in some trouble. You could pencil them in for a win against Houston. I know that is dangerous. We just did that with the Chargers and it didn't work out too well. But if the 49ers finish 9-8, and eight, there are tie-breaking scenarios which leave them out of the playoffs. We'll break into those when we talk about the team sitting at 7-8. and eight. Finally, But if the 49ers are able to win both of their last two games, they would also clinch a playoff spot. Finally, the Eagles are sitting at 8-7, and seven, and they would be in with two wins as well. They finish up the season at Washington and then home with the Cowboys. They can also get in with one win and some help. We're going to break into that here shortly, as I said, when we talk about these 7-8 and eight teams. 
In addition to the seven and eight teams, by the way, who are the Saints, Vikings, and Falcons, the Washington football team also has an outside shot to still make the playoffs, believe it or not. They would have to be the first team in the history of the NFL to make the playoffs back-to-back seasons when they finish below 500. But really, I can't see them winning next week against the Eagles. And even if they're able to do that, they would need so much other stuff to happen in front of them. I'm really going to write them off. Just a 2% chance for them to make the playoffs. The Falcons, who are sitting at seven and eight, have an even lower probability of making the playoffs because they have a tough game against the Bills. They're a 14-point underdog in that one, and they also lose every tiebreaker to the other 7-8 and eight and 8-7 eight and seven teams, so we can pretty much write the Falcons out. The Falcons actually have a 1% chance to make the playoffs, so a lower percentage chance to make the playoffs than the Washington football team, who is a game behind them. Kind of weird there. Really, these final two spots are going to come down to the Vikings, the Saints, the 49ers, and the Eagles. As I said, for the 49ers and the Eagles, it's easy. Take care of business, win your last two games, and you're in. The 49ers take on Houston next week. That should be a win. The Eagles take on Washington next week. That should be a win as well. So both teams will be sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. However, the 49ers wrap up the season against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams may need that game to clinch their division, so they're not going to be sitting anybody. The Eagles wrap up the season against the Cowboys. The Cowboys may be playing for the number one seed, so they're not going to lay over in that game either. So, if both of these teams are to finish at 9-8, and eight, that opens the door for the Saints and the Vikings. The Saints close out against the Panthers and the Falcons, both very winnable games. The Vikings close out with the Packers and the Bears. Now, the Vikings did beat the Packers earlier on in the season. However, this game is at Lambeau, and the Packers are motivated because they won to finish with that number one seed. So if all four teams are to finish 9-8, and eight, and that would mean that the Vikings beating the Packers next week, so you're talking about a six-point underdog, that would mean that the seventh seed would go to the San Francisco 49ers and the sixth seed would go to the New Orleans Saints. However, if you take the Vikings out of that tiebreaker, it actually puts the Eagles into the sixth seed and the Saints into the seventh seed. So the 49ers, that loss on Thursday really hurts them because if you play these games out like the way they should happen, if every team that's favored wins their game, the 49ers are going to be on the outside looking in. If the Saints are to drop either of those two games, it would open the door for the 49ers to get in at 9-8 and eight as well. So the playoff picture in the NFL is absolutely ridiculous. I cannot wait to see how it plays out. At the end, I don't think the Saints are going to win their last two games. I know they have very winnable games against the Panthers and the Falcons, but this Saints team just has not looked right. You have no idea who's going to be playing quarterback for them. They have players out with COVID last week. They have injuries all over the place. So as dire as it's looking for the 49ers, I'm sure if you're a 49ers fan, you went from being a lock for the playoffs to not being sure if you're going to make it. I think you can rest easy. I think you should be fine and be in the six or seven seed in the NFC playoffs. And that was all a mouthful, but that is going to do it, guys. I hope that this taught you something. I understand when you look at these playoff odds on ESPN and all these other websites, they don't really break down what actually has to happen for these teams to make the playoffs. Hopefully, I gave you some insight. I know I had a lot of fun researching this, and I can't wait to watch how it actually plays out. Until next time, guys, I'm going to hop off of here. I will be back on Thursday to give you my picks for the upcoming week. Until then, guys, thanks for listening, and I will see you in a couple of days. (music) 